My name is Bridget, and I have never seen Hook. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. As always, my name is Adam. I'm Johnny. And this is the show where we show somebody, anybody, sometimes multiple people, a film they've never seen before, but they absolutely should have. As you heard up top, although you didn't see her little hook hand finger gesture, Bridget is with us, as always, and she has never seen 1991's Hook. Bridget, welcome. Thank you. Now, this is one that we had talked about doing, I think, a few months ago as, like, the coming out of Christmas looking for a fun, lighthearted, just something to watch. And we're like, well, we need to be together for this one. And this was pre-us uh, getting back in the same room. So we are now doing this, and I am very, very excited for you to see this for the first time. Excellent. So this is, at least for me, I know this was a childhood staple. Johnny, you've seen this before. I assume this is the same for you as well, correct? This is the definition of a warm blanket movie for me. Okay. This is like anytime someone brings up the feeling of nostalgia, of someone hugging you watching a movie, this is the movie I think of. Okay. Um, so that begs the question, Bridget, what do you know about the movie Hook and why haven't you seen this warm blanket of a film? Uh, I know it's Steven Spielberg directed, okay. starring Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, Julia Roberts. Um, I know that for Spielberg, it's a big blind spot for me because I love Spielberg. Uh, it's a film that he has mixed feelings about retrospectively. There was a lot of drama with Julia Roberts, supposedly, on set. I know it's based on Peter Pan, and I know the some of the basic outlines of the Peter Pan story, like just from the Disney movie mm -hmm. and, you know, references to it in pop culture generally. But other than that, that's it. That's what I know. Okay. And I think I know some of the plot. Okay. Mechanism. Outside of the Peter Pan. Outside of, of the Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any particular favorite uh, Peter Pan adaptations, or is it really just the Disney movie and maybe a live stage production with um, Mary uh, Martin? Um, we've watched Peter Pan. Like that's one of the the VHS tapes that we had, mm -hmm. like in the Disney collection that we had growing up. Um, but it wasn't a, a favorite of either my brother or I. There was a more straightforward Peter Pan adaptation that came out in the early 2000s that was mm -hmm. pretty true to J.M. Barry that I saw and liked at the time. Like, I saw it like 10 years after it came out. I was like, well, okay. Who was hooking that one? Um, the Jason Able Isaacs? Jason Isaacs, thank mm, you. Gotcha. Slytherin Dad is all I can say. Or Asshole from Patriot. Yeah, that's right. There's um, so many. There's so many hooks I can never keep them straight outside of this one. <laughs> yes. Why I didn't watch this? It, it came out the year I was born, so mm. there was some lag time. Okay. And as a movie viewer, for the most part, it took me a while to get into live action. Mm. Makes sense. And even once I got into live action, it's sort of like I. There's a whole kind of genre of you know, kids, family-friendly live action that I didn't seek out. I basically went from, I'm going to watch Aladdin a hundred times a day to I'm going to watch Indiana Jones a hundred times a day. Yeah. And then, so there's no, I never kind of had that middle ground of like the in-between 
kid stuff Mm -hmm. and didn't really have a desire to go back to it. You know, this is a movie that I like forget that Spielberg directed. It's in like that weird no man's land just before Jurassic Park and Schindler's List, but after Jaws and E.T. I didn't get to it, which is my answer every week. I don't know. I just didn't watch it. That's now fine. I am. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while there's going to be a, like, oh, someone told me it was bad or it was foreboded in the house or, you know, my parents always said it was too scary and we watched it yeah, uh, true. to look first for you and we thought it would be too scary for you and then by the time you were old enough to watch it, you had moved on to real movies. Yeah, and it could have been my mother has a, a strange relationship with Robin Williams. Mm. Um, she think likes him now and has more of an appreciation for him sort of through the love that my brother and I have for him but he can be a lot for her so this is not a movie she <laughs> would have sought out it's like her opinions on Jim Carrey your mom and I would not have got along with me as a kid and yeah basically she's like don't my mother hates when people try to make her laugh like she's mortified like why are you being funny right now <laughs> That was not the time for that's that. That like, d- disgusts her. So. <laughs> so now that's funny. Um, you know, this isn't the a road she would necessarily go down. Gotcha. Um, that's weird. I don't know. Like, there's little bits of this movie that I feel like have permeated popular culture. Like, I know that people shout Rufio at one point. Mm-hmm. That's true. But Yeah. It is I, a tagline for this film. I, <laughs> Also an emo band as well that I remember. Yeah, probably from this. From, I don't, oh, absolutely. I don't this. think that character exists in other pan... I don't know pan lore. I won't mm-hmm. claim to know it, but it, this is the only adaptation I've ever seen that has this character in it, so yeah. it might be a, a wholly new creation for the uh, for the film. Now, Johnny, you talked about this being a warm blanket of a childhood nostalgia favorite. Kind of give us your background beyond that. Do you remember the first time you saw it? Was this like a every weekend on repeat kind of situation for you? I don't know about, like, every weekend or anything, but I just, every time I think about this movie, I think about just where I was, just, like, Super Mario World, you know, Lunchables, like, (laughs) you name it, like, Ninja Turtles, like, that era of my life had this movie in it quite a bit. I think there was even a video game that came along with it on Super Nintendo, which was a banger. (laughs) And bangering is another word you're going to hear or a phrase in this movie. Sorry to spoil that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, to what Bridget was saying, it's certainly maybe a blemish in Spielberg's eyes in his career for this movie. And there's some arguments there. But I know that it has become like this cult movie where if you did miss it growing up, you should watch it. But it's definitely a different Williams vehicle. It's not the loud – I mean – I don't know. It's not like pieces of it. There's pieces of it, but it's a lot. There's a lot more heart going on in this. Not nearly Um, as cocaine filled as some. Yeah, there's not a lot of cocaine. There's some pixie dust. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, It's different. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, But yeah, and just oh, the John Williams score. It's scored as Spielberg, so yeah. I mean, yeah. he's not I, no he's, you, you not till later in his career did he sort of have to make choices with composers, depending on how busy Williams was. But back then, 
it was the couple, you know what I yeah. mean? They were happily married at the time. First in the Rolodex. Correct, yeah. So, and, oh, it's so good, and it's such a fun movie, and not to get too long-winded with this, but this movie uh, had a resurgence with me later on when I was a teenager. Mm. Um, me and my friends would put this movie on because we found uh, Dustin Hoffman to be rather funny and quotable mm -hmm. to the point of just, like, every time we got together, it had to be spun at least the first, like, hour or so because it's just so quotable. The sets are fun. It's just, and it's got all the great Spielberg trademarks as far as child-friendly E.T. era type of stuff going on. A lot of wide-eye looks, you know what I mean? And wonderment <laughs> and awe. <laughs> Listen, we're going to Neverland, motherfucker, all right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So much wonderment Yeah, getting awe. zooted on pixie dust. <laughs> Last Star of the Ride straight on till morning. Correct. But, yeah, there's just, it's, the, you can't shit on this movie. I don't, I suppose you can try. Yeah, it, it's been a it, while since I've seen it, so I'll be interested to see how well we'll be able to do that if need be. Right, so um, I want to turn to you then because I want to see if maybe you share the same sort of Oh, I love it. Elation. Like said, instantly quotable. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I saw it because just as an adult, it's not necessarily one of the things that you're like, I got to go back to this kid's movie routinely. But if it's like, if I was scrolling past the Disney Channel or something or some family network and it was on, it'd be like, all right, I'll, I'm going to watch pieces of this because how could you not? It's, yeah. it's or it'd be like sheet, three sheets of the wind and you just yeah. like emotionally you put this fucker on. <laughs> I, I've definitely heard – I've definitely heard like the online criticism because no, nothing is immune. without – Yeah, nothing is immune to online criticism. And I definitely have heard the Spielberg doesn't like this anymore – People shit on it because Spielberg doesn't like that emboldens people to be like, well, I never liked Took because Steven Spielberg's my guy and I always was like, this is a blemish on your career and I'm five. Like, I've always thought that. But I've never thought that, so I don't. I was always surprised when someone's like, the hook sucks. I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it absolutely doesn't. It does doesn't. not it at does all. It does not suck. Um, but again, rose-colored glasses, nostalgia glasses, so I'm very interested to see uh, what you're going to think of it, but I, I have nothing but love for you, this. So you said, when was the last time you saw it? Oh, God, I couldn't even say. The last five, ten years, I would think. Like, it's not something I've gone back to recently. Okay. But that doesn't... I think it holds... <laughs> but... But I know enough of this movie as it's playing currently in my brain... Oh, yeah. ...that I don't think... This isn't one of those things where I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's going to hold up. Oh, I don't know. I think it will. Okay. At the very least, I think Johnny and I will have a, a hoot. Good. Um, and that's, I think, why we wanted to wait until we were all together, just in case that, like, our enjoyment of it could maybe power you through if you hate it from mm -hmm. the get-go. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Now, I asked Bridget about... Or it might alienate you. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully no. it doesn't. No, 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 I think we'll be okay. Uh, so, Johnny, how do you feel about Peter Pan as a story, as a character? Are you familiar with any other adaptations? Yeah. No, I watched the, the Disney cartoon one mm -hmm. a bunch when I was a kid. Didn't really watch any of the newer adaptations. She mentioned the Jason Isaacs one. I know there's one with... Hugh Jackman plays Hook. Correct, yeah. Pan, I think it's called, maybe? Yeah. yeah, there's one called Pan, one called Peter Pan, one called Back to Neverland. I, I don't know. There's yeah, like a some... weird, quasi sort yeah, of fairy like a, tale live action. A flavor of Like a big pop. fish element situation going on. Well, that's know. Finding Neverland. Oh, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's the, right. We're yeah. like... I don't know the plot of that one. I just know it's Peter Pan adjacent and it's, Johnny that's Depp's about, in it. 
J- the J.M. Barry's process of writing gotcha. Peter Pan. Okay. And sort of the family that inspired mm-hmm. it. Gotcha. Yeah, I adored the, the, the animated one when I was a kid. And then when this kind of came into my life, I just had never needed to review, go back to the other one. Without spoiling anything, this covers that story. Yeah. But it adds a lot more. And anything I would have missed from the animated one mm-hmm. is pretty much in this one. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it covers the absolute basic Peter Pan story, but the the characters that it introduces around that main story, I think, are also very, very strong. I love the, the Peter-Wendy dynamic here, um, which is a little different than any other adaptation that I've ever seen, and I really enjoy that. The actors involved in that are really great. You're going to see some other people in this movie that are you're going to instantly be like, oh, man, they're in it. Or, oh, I remember them being in it, but I'm excited because they are in it. Wendy specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be uh, an interesting and fun thing, hopefully, for you. But this is the this is the adaptation for me. Like, I yeah. I saw the, the animated one, you know, a handful of times as a kid. We had the clamshell VHS tape. But it was never one of the Disney ones I revisited all the time. Those were... You know, the late 80s, early 90s ones, your mermaids, your Lion Kings, Aladdins, that kind of stuff is where I mostly lived. And some of the early like 50s and 60s Disney ones is like, I've seen them. I like them, but they're not they're not my favorites. I'll watch them anytime someone wants to, but I'm not going to put that above any of the ones that I truly enjoy. Right. Um, So it's good nonetheless. But this is this is the adaptation for me that if someone's like, pick your favorite Peter Pan story, it's hook instantly. No, no, don't even have to think about it. So. Mm -hmm that'll be interesting to see now you mentioned knowing some of the people that we've talked about robin williams before um, when we did good morning vietnam we've obviously talked about spielberg with et and some of the other et adjacent things jaws obviously yeah. kicking us off so i was at work knowing we were going to do this and i was thinking about you know what I, what am i going to bring to the table what are our talking points and i for about 30 seconds, I thought to myself, wow, we're covering Spielberg for the first time. And then I like it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, that's what kicked off the show, you dummy. Yeah. So. Yeah, we've only done that. Three Indiana Jones movies. Behind e. the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> about where I am currently. Listen, a year and a half in, it's understandable to miss some of the things we've things. covered on the show. Spielberg is not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> We definitely have a bias, and that's totally fine. Because I mean, he makes good movies. There's yeah. no, there's no round roundabout way of being like, oh, maybe we won't do Spiel. No, we should because his movies are awesome. Yeah, blemish or not on his yeah. filmography, still absolutely worth mm-hmm. seeing. You said you knew about Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. What are you kind of your thoughts? We haven't done anything with Dustin Hoffman yet. I don't believe. I don't think so. It's a no. Oh, it's a no. Like you don't like Dustin, or yeah, it's a no. Wow. Both. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. there's not a strong enough performance anywhere for me besides Tootsie and even that I'm really watching for Jessica Lange and he's so well known for his methody ways that sort of overshadows some of it and so some of his we'll say personality problems it's hard for me to not see that on screen gotcha so no Rain Man no Graduate well, Rain Man's on the list. I don't Rain know. Man, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've never seen it. Oh, you have not seen it? Okay. I don't think yeah. so. Um, I've seen it bits and pieces, but never yeah. all the way through. The Graduate's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. My my goodness, I can't wait for the discussion after. <laughs> yeah. This. So this uh, is quite this frankly, might... this is the real coin toss of the movie. I think if you don't like Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> this could either be like this is unlike anything I've ever seen Dustin Hoffman do, and I love it, or it'd be like, please God, get Dustin Hoffman off my screen and never put him back on it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll be very interested to see how you go with uh, that. Without spoiling it, you don't see him. <laughs> I quite frankly. All right. You might hear him. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, what about Julia Roberts? I don't think we've covered her. We talked a little bit about it with the rom-com episode just because she has such a yes. foothold in that genre. But do you have any feelings strongly one way or the other on I Julia? I Julia Roberts. Okay. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. Julia Roberts. Quite enjoy her. I find her charming in pretty much anything Endlessly she does. charming. It's perfect. Okay. She's only... She was 23 when she made this. So, like, right after Pretty Woman, like, Mystic Pizza, perfect, like... The apex of her charm. I Which is say. probably why she might have been a little bit more uh, hard-hitting or head-buddy on set if she's just coming off these well, starring vehicles for herself. Some of that, just some background, she had been engaged to Kiefer Sutherland for about a year. And shortly before they were set to start making this movie, a tabloid story came out that Kiefer Sutherland had had an overnight with an exotic dancer. And so she calls off the wedding two days before it's set to happen. Ooh. So it's like, and they had been like the Hollywood it couple. Just huge. <laughs> dummy. What a dummy. What a dummy. So Glad you got your comeuppance at the end of yeah. Stand By Me. The town is back that way. <laughs> <laughs> and Spielberg has remarked it was a terrible time. It was just the worst possible time for her to be working. And I think that made it very challenging. Um, I think there was tension between her and the crew. She was not feeling great. Fair enough. At some point, there's rumors that she was labeled Tinker Hell okay. on set. I feel like that's just someone waiting for any slip up to be like, oh, this is Tinker Hell over here with this Oh, one. yeah, I can't yeah. wait to say like, this out loud. Everyone's going to slap me five. And yeah, exactly. How smart I was and yeah. think of it. And not to say, like, people can't. It's not possible she wouldn't behave poorly. I know I'm totally biased because I love Julia Roberts, but I do but think... But the circumstances. The circumstances yeah. are, you know, really telling. And now we think of Julia Roberts as Julia Roberts. Yeah. In reality, she was like a 23-year-old kid, like, new to Hollywood. And in retrospect, she has said, essentially, like... Because Spielberg was sort of public about the, the tension on set between the two of them. And, you know, she said, you know, I kind of felt like I didn't have someone in my corner... And I was disappointed going to work with this person mm. and then feeling like I didn't, you know. Like they weren't understanding of my plight. Of what and, was going on. Yeah. And, you know, this was someone who I was at odds with, who I really wanted and needed in my corner. Yeah, it's always tough because, like, outside influences coming into the workplace, is it happens. And, you know, the professional and you says, like, you just got to buck up and deal with it. But also, like, at 23... If my whole romantic world fell apart in public and in devastating it, fashion, I wouldn't have been able to piece myself together. And I bet you Spielberg, looking back on it, wouldn't have been able to either. Like, if yeah. he was set to start shooting a movie and his fiance cheated and they called off the wedding, like, you don't think he would have had a really rough time on set? Like, absolutely. Yeah. So. so, that's that's the, the Julia Roberts okay. Tinker Hill background. All right, well, given what we've said, and I know we kind of hyped it up probably more than we should have for a, a movie you haven't seen before, but what expectations do you have going into this? Are you apprehensive because it is more of a family kids movie and you're watching it now as an adult? 
Uh, I am a little apprehensive because we have there's been a track record on this show where we have so shown me a movie that is steeped in nostalgia or you know just in my own life steeped in nostalgia mm -hmm. and you know it's like the polar express like i can't hear the bell it's too late for me like, <laughs> like I, I just can't get on the wavelength yeah there's a lot of things going for this movie that it has at its corner that a lot of those other movies did not mm -hmm. so i i am slightly apprehensive but you guys are so effusive about it that i feel there's going to be something. Yeah. I think there'll at least be something to latch on to. Mm -hmm. Somebody's performance will be good enough that you'll be able to carry through, I think. Okay. Uh, any expectations for her, Johnny, for this? I, I Listen, I'm just getting, like, goosebumps thinking about some of this, <laughs> about some of this shit. Listen, it, this movie, I don't want to get too much into it, but, like, very much, if you don't get swept up in the magic of this movie, because hmm. this is what I would call a magical movie. Okay. And it... Uh, we'll, we'll get into it later on about when sort of that point happens in the movie because mm -hmm. it they do build it up to a point yeah because what i want to i'll just watch the fucking movie yeah. already <laughs> yeah yeah i'll just say that i am i am excited to get your thoughts on this just because i do think that you will like it but also understand that there is every possibility that you won't yeah but i'm also interested because there are some through lines in this movie and in peter pan in general about childhood versus adult that I'm actually really excited to see someone who's never seen this version of the Peter Pan story told in this way, who is watching it for the first time as an adult. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that will be interesting, and we'll certainly get your feedback on that. But Bridget, what do you have to say for yourself? Fine, I'll watch it. We are back. We have just finished watching 1991's Hook. Bridget, you were on the hot seat solo this week, so I want to know, how are you feeling after watching this film? I have a question. Okay. How long is this movie? Two hours and 20-something minutes. Okay. Two hours and 22 minutes. Okay. Including credits. Okay. That could account for some things. <laughs> um, 
I do think I may have missed the boat with this movie a okay. little bit. Sure. I, I mostly feel tired right now. <laughs> there are some things I see, there's a lot happening that I do like, that did excite me. Okay. Overall, it's a little long. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I'm not sure it knows who its audience is. I don't know that it has completely decided whether it's a fairy tale for adults or for children. That's fair. Clearly, I think you can say clearly, based on your own experiences, as a fairy tale for children, it does work. Yes. Yes. Based on the fact that you guys were like, I love her. Resoundingly. Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. I was Googling the action figures I had as a kid. Oh my God, (laughs) yeah. Watching this. And the whole Lost Boys compound, so much of that works. And particularly because it's a movie, you know, there's, relative to movies made today, there's little green screen, shit is in the real. Yeah. Some of the effects are goofy, like Mm -hmm. when the kid pulls up his legs and becomes a (laughs) bowling ball. But it looks like it takes a fantastical place and makes it real and you can put yourself into it it feels much more tactile Mm -hmm. it feels much more reachable as a fairy tale for adults i struggled and i don't know that it passes the test okay i'm not sure that it knows what its message for adults is besides get off your goddamn phone which I mean, pretty apt. Straightforward. Thirty years later. Straightforward, but then there's a lot of other stuff that happens in the middle that's muddy. Yeah. Okay. But that's that's sort of my where I am currently. Okay. Yeah. I'm prepared to probably have my mind changed throughout the discussion. Right off the bat, we have a huge game change from my initial reaction of eh, I don't like Dustin Hoffman, but I love Julia Roberts. Complete role reversal in this movie. Okay. She was... Go away. (laughs) I don't know what's happening. I know you're having a hard time. I do not want to see you. Give me more Dustin Hoffman. Wow. Okay. Did not expect that. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, we'll get into all the details about all the goods. I just wanted to say I was wrong. Sorry, Dustin. Plant that flag. (laughs) Uh, well, before we break down and get into the, the nitty-gritty of all your, your various ups and downs, Johnny, how did this feel for you seeing this again? I felt the length. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure of the circumstance or anything why, just, I don't know, but I will say that I understand the adult fairy tale end of things. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's for like an adult, it's like, should this be Hook or should it be called like Hug? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> to hug your child. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the magic's still there for me. A lot of, yeah. a lot of the... The big moments still hit for me, and they're orchestrated very well, and they do exactly how they are calculated to do. All the John Williams score swelling and the moments of uh, progression with uh, Robin Williams' character and dropping the apprehension of everything and feeling everything that's going on all works, and the Lost Boy stuff works. All the big sets work. Dustin Hoffman works. Works. <laughs> Putting in yeah. work, yeah. works, good form. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it's it's a little. First of all, it takes like forty five minutes to even get to like Neverland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes a while. 
good amount of setup, which kind of pays off towards the end because it kind of comes around and you really start to feel all that stuff at the end. But um, there is fat on this movie for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to spend nearly as long at the uh, the orphanage dedication ceremony and some of the other like setup stuff. All we really need to get is that he's an absentee dad and he's constantly answering that very early day cell phone and is not present in his family's life. And that's pretty evident from the jump. And they just kind of like keep going back to the well a few too many times. But you can trim that down and say shave 10 minutes off the quite long run time because right, I also could, felt it. Yeah, you could lose like one last scene of like him telling Peter Pan or telling the kid that his son, his dad is a bad person. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's maybe one too many of those. But, yeah. Um, I think you could cut everything that happens in America in this movie. We have a whole country that we could cut. Right. I do enjoy the stuff in England. I do, too. I like the house. It could start, honestly, opening up with like him like on a plane. like Just yeah. not like the turbulence and everything. And we know this is like the lead. This is Peter Pan. You yeah. know what I mean? It's Robin Williams. Um, it's we Robin know. Williams. Yeah. We know, we know. He's, so, well, he's yeah. on the poster when you're walking into the theater. Like, yeah. You don't need to... So if you start off with, like, an apprehension, like, in an airport, like, we're flying to England and maybe have something to that effect. But, yeah, there's a good chunk of guy gets in my kid's ball game. It's, like, it's all... That whole sequence feels like a cell phone commercial or something like that. Like, mm. Yeah. And it honestly could have been. Yeah. <laughs> given it, the time. It could have been, it. yeah. And the score, which I gotta say is it must be a hired hand, because I don't think John Williams did no, that No, I all. was like, what is, is happening? <laughs> it's like, it's bizarre. It's, yeah, that was... It's like a Pizza Hut commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a Bell Atlantic commercial yeah. from, from 1990. It's good for a good laugh, and to be like, oh, the early 90s and big suits and yeah. video cameras in people's eyes, and just... Look, we're doing a we're doing a fake uh, shootout, but with cell phones. Like, All who right. could take the cell phone out of the holster quick enough? Right. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the cell phone gets a lot of early play. And you're right; you probably could skip all of America. And granted, there's some fun stuff. I, I do kind of like the daughter's play is doing Peter Pan to set up that like that is a good little Peter, opener. Yeah. Peter Pan is real in this world as well as being the fairy tale because the next door neighbor heard all the kids' stories. Which I hope they got royalties for that. If that the real author of Peter Pan just aped all of his next-door neighbor's stories and wrote a book about it. So I do like that, that, but everything after with, like, the baseball game, you could easily just be like, you missed it. Like, you, the wife could just be like, you know, you got to sit with your son on the plane. Like, you could be walking on the plane with his bag. Like, you have to sit with him because you you missed his game yesterday. We didn't show it to you, but we don't need to. You just mm-hmm. This is an instance where tell works better than show because you've got some fat on this movie that you could trim. Yeah. Um, but that's the only thing in America that I really like, I think, is the play, because it sets up the, the real world aspect of it. It catches you up pretty quickly on the story. Yeah. Plus, I do, the one of the biggest trends of this movie is, like, the lore it tries to build. Mm-hmm. From, like, the play, to, like, the book, to Wendy, and all the times that Peter showed up, and, I don't know, that's... It's huge in this movie. Yeah, I love that montage. And I know I talked about like the relationship between Peter and Wendy a little bit in the beforehand. Mm-hmm. I really, oh, I always love that setup. I always get like, you know, a little teary eye when the baby's just like left in the rain because he's been abandoned by his parents essentially. Because like, I don't know how the mom didn't chase the little pram all the way down that hill to the, the middle of that you know, park or whatever. It just looks brutal. They're like actually like through water on like a child like yeah. laying on the ground. Yeah. 
There's no way to fake that. It's just a wet child crying on the ground. Specifically waited for it to rain outside so they could put a baby in yeah, the Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I always loved that that flashback and then like his realization that he stopped wanting to be a lost boy, to be a dad. Like that's that always kicks me right in the feels. Um so I always really loved that lore building aspect of it. How'd you feel about the the actual real life Peter Pan flashback? I liked some of it. I liked there's a conversation that starts early in the movie when Maggie Smith, Wendy, is first telling him Hook has taken the children and she's trying to get him yeah, to wake like, up. This is real. Yeah. <laughs> Officer Phil Collins has left the building. <laughs> and she is talking about, I waited for you. Like, on my wedding day, I waited for you. And I had this beautiful dress on. You never showed up. And I was so hurt. And that's when, like, it starts. That, to me, does more than any of the montage does that little split second i was like "Ooh, hurt pain (laughs) ow um but i i think in some ways it's difficult because peter pan is ultimately billed as a character he's the boy every child grows up except for one peter pan Mm -hmm. and then this movie poses but what if he did? <laughs> and I just don't know if that is a great premise. I think it creates a lot of issues. Okay. For me personally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I want, like, let Peter Pan be alone. Yeah. Let him be a boy. Why does he have to grow up? Fuck you. We were supposed to get one right. kid. <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to get one. Yeah, I suppose. And now he's an accountant? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. In mergers and acquisitions. In so mergers? Disgusting. Right. Quite literally a pirate. Which I love the line of Maggie Smith being like, oh, so you're a pirate. Awesome. Great. Great. Right, yeah. Fuck you. Shouldn't have let you kiss my sleeping granddaughter. Also, <laughs> some of that is also, that's troubling to yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff, like, what you're but saying. But I think it's, I think for a child, it's like, That's yeah, what I mean. As, as an adult, it's a 500 milligram horse pill you're trying to get down with peanut butter. For us, it's like way. a Flintstone chewable. You know what I mean? <laughs> it takes seconds to go down. And we're moving along with the magic. Yeah. Yeah, and I think because we don't, the kind of build up to the big reveal of I've always wanted to be a dad. I like, you did? Like, I, I just don't get the sense, maybe because he's fatherly with the Lost Boys. I'm like, what's compelling you to do this? I don't understand. How did we, I guess we're here, so it doesn't matter how we got here. Yeah, I think it, I think it comes from a lot of, you have to assume all of the boys together collectively just, like, wish they had parents. Like, they may or may not remember their parents as lost boys. I mean, P- Peter clearly goes and visits them at one point. Mm-hmm. So I think it's that, you know, that, oh, I wish I had parents kind of orphan mentality. And so him realizing that, like, no, I want to be what I couldn't have and I need to grow up to get that mm-hmm. is kind of the the impetus for it of, like, I just... I want what I, what my greatest wish was, I want to give that to somebody else. Mm. And I think that's kind of the, at least the through line that they're going for in saying that he always wished he could be a dad and seeing the happy look on his face and all that. And then somewhere along the lines, he lost, more of his magic got lost the older he got and the further away he got from being the Peter Pan. And that's why he's a curmudgeonly pirate douchebag now. 
not just curmudgeonly, but really lacking pizzazz. Because hmm. one of my notes is, he sucks, zero <laughs> charisma. Which is weird, Yeah. because I would say Robin Williams is a really magnetic presence. Most of the time, you see him. And there's something even sidewise that he's doing that you are going to find compelling as a viewer. And his characterization of Peter, none of that happening. Does that make the turn more impactful for you? The fact that he then becomes so jovial and so... Personal too late, maybe? I was waiting for it, but even the turn is Peter, I'm like, no, I'm still... It's, it's not enough. Like, I just don't... Yeah, because he does spend the most of it being fairly cynical about the entire thing. The turnaround of a flip is yeah. exactly what it is. It's a flip, and there's not really... There's that point during the dinner, obviously, yeah. where he starts yeah. to sort of realize what's going on, but even then, the, the, the cynicism is still there, and it's just like, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's just... And then when he does flip, like, you know, he talks about, oh, I wanted to be a father, that's why, that's my magical moment, or whatever... And then he's like, then Tink's like, you gotta save your kids. And he goes, what kids? <laughs> yeah, well, because he's like fully flipped the switch into Peter mode. Yeah. And like, almost in the way that I think Jack starts to forget his parents. Because like, by the end, Jack's just like, do I know that guy? Like, I think I know that guy. Because I think the daughter says like, Neverland right. makes you forget. Mm-hmm. I think once he flips the switch, it's almost like he's now started to forget his other life. Because you can't really live in both Neverland and yeah. the real world. But you're right, it is a weird thing because it's a, it's not a, you know, it's not a knob, like, it's not a dial, it's a switch. No, it is a switch, it just seems that, like, because he goes, oh, Jack, or whatever, oh, yeah, and there's this whole flashback of him holding Jack, and then five minutes later he goes, Jack who? Yeah. That's my point, it just, it, it, it's, yeah. it's kind of bizarre, but I get what you're saying, but yeah, I do, I do like water. the idea that it seems like the more time people spend in Neverland, they get away from mm-hmm. what they sort of remember, there's a time elation thing going on yeah i I dig uh but yeah i just i wanted just a little ounce more of charm and i don't like a glimmer of who he could be kind of thing or even more than that just a little bit more possess more flavor yeah i mean it is a stark contrast to the robin williams that we know Uh, yeah which shows up at the end, more so than the beginning. And the beginning is kind of just... Like, when he yells at the kids to get off him when he's, like, on the phone call for the deal that's going south, is, like, insomniac Robin Williams, not, right. you know, Jack yeah. or... It's like one-hour photo, Robin Yeah, Williams. exactly. Like, it's it's something that you're like, uh, oh, well, this is dark, and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose... Why it kind of works is because everything around him, uh, Hook, or uh, yeah, Hook, um, Schmied, all the Lost Boys, all the pirates, Smee. they take all the, ca- the the charisma of yes. the movie. They carry that, and Schmied's great. Oh, he's so good. Bob Hoskins. I think that's one of my seven notes. Just Bob Hoskins. Check. Bob. Check mark. Just Bob Hoskins. Seven Just Bob Hoskins. <laughs> <laughs> like Bloody Mary. Like, please come visit me yeah. in the bathroom mm-hmm. mirror. So, so basically, none of it going into Neverland did anything for you. Not much besides Maggie Smith. And you kind of like sat, yeah, you kind of sat up once we got to Neverland. The, yeah, it's like okay, here we go. What do you think of the kidnapping? Like the very, 
pretty scary, honestly, it for is a kid. Scary. Windows rattling, windows opening, oh, yeah. green the children smoke. Were screaming. Yeah, the children screaming. The like hook up along the wall, and uh, Liza, the maid, just being like, <gasps> "Oh, it, it hit me from the door, hit me!" And I, the children are screaming, and I don't know what's going on. And like, what'd you think of that whole like kidnapping reveal? Spooky. Yeah. It's scary. It was very <laughs> scary. I could see myself being scared of that. Yeah. I just love that room, though, that set of the beds, the nursery. Mm -hmm. The beds and their little cubbies and that great open window. Yeah. Murals and all the references. The hook on the window. Just. It feels very. I always love that latch that is the hook Mm -hmm. on the window. That's good form. (laughs) Just great form. Yeah. What do you think of the like when we when we get to Neverland, like seeing the sets because it's such a drastic oh, change. Oh, I was like, no, not, not even color, but Robinson. just like the production design, just it's completely different, obviously, but it's so bananas. it's so Swiss Family Robinson. You're right, uh, which I love. I'm like, oh, God, I want to walk on that bridge, <laughs> that wobbly bridge. I want to see that dragon boat. I just all of that, great. I love the giant skull on the pirate ship, like the skeleton, like the big oh, giant yeah, yeah. holding out the sword. Good stuff. Yeah. It does feel a little claustrophobic at times in like the city center of this weird island thing. Um, but other than that. As an adult, you're kind of, you, you kind of, you stand back and you're like, this is a really cool looking set, but also there's a lot going on and I feel claustrophobic. Yeah. As a child, it's like, whoa, pirates, ropes, oh, like it's sails. <laughs> it's the ultimate playground. It is. Yeah. yeah it's like every, every shot, you're looking like, where yeah. would I go? Yeah. Where but would I go in this it's shot? It's what you want Pirates Cove to be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I want to roll down the ramp like a giant. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I want to do that. Yeah, I want to break a fucking hundred clocks. Yeah, right? Clock breaking room? Need that in the house. Need that. So we get the introduction of the, the Neverland. We get to see the kind of pirates hang out, the drunken, slovenly pirate adult. Everyone's an adult. I do think I saw, like, one kid. But he's clearly, like, learning how to be a pirate uh, from some of the adults. And then we see Shmi for the for the first time, and he's picking up the hook. And he we get our little parade through the town. Shmi at the front. Robin Williams doing his best, you know, our pirate, which was was great. And then we get the reveal of the man, uh, at which point I was trying to sneak glances over to you. <laughs> We're like, don't look at me. <laughs> I don't I don't want you to see whatever my reaction is going to be. I don't I like can it. See, I can see you doing like you did a 1 16th with your eyes, <laughs> 1 8th. I was just seeing if like, the couch moved on my end at all. <laughs> if there was a physical reaction. Because yeah, we get Captain James Hook. Which is the Dustin. Now, you knew Dustin was in it, obviously. I knew he was in it. Did you know he was Hook, specifically? Yes, I did. Okay. I did. Let's talk about Hook. Wow. Uh, So, so much. (laughs) So, so, so much. Uh, Dustin is doing his best Jeremy Irons impression. Mm. And it's really... It's a good one. And is just so over the top and committed and so silly but like not at no point is there ever like a wink wink I'm Dustin Hoffman and I'm being silly yeah 
I'm cheeky. I'm no, yeah, cheeky. it's almost yeah, it's almost like the cheese slipped off his cracker or no, something like that. <laughs> I'm Dustin Hoffman, and I am James Hook, and yeah. just complete commitment all the way. He's not playing it seriously, but he's playing it seriously goofy, which is like I don't know how to other yeah. any other way to describe right. it. Right. He's playing it comedically, mm. but he's seriously playing it comedically. Yeah. Very committed, just. They're one hundred percent. Yeah, I think he's yeah, he's like the adult voice in the room. He points out a lot of like, just kill me now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> death is the only great. Oh adventure. yeah, oh, yeah. And that wrote, that's yeah. another one of my notes. Yeah, <laughs> such a good line. That's a great sequence. I just want to die. <laughs> that, that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie where he just wants to kill himself. And it's like, and that it's an epiphany, and like the way it's drawn out of like, I've just had an idea. It's an epiphany. I'm going to kill myself. Oh, yeah. Smee, don't stop me. Smee, don't you dare. Don't do it. And he's like, oh, again with this? So, like, the epiphany is, I'm going to do that thing I always do. It's like, like every Thursday night where I'm going to kill yeah. myself or try to kill myself. It's, it's, and then when Smee finally saves him, he's like, don't ever scare me like that again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get here faster next yeah. time. I could do it. Love it. What do you think of, the like, the nose and the teeth and kind of the the way in which they change his look a little bit? Was it too much? Was it just right? Just right. Okay. And part of it is, it is a silly, cartoonish character. So mm-hmm. you can get away with a little bit more. It's not like a fox catcher, where it, mm. in some ways it's a distraction. Sure. Yeah. It's not a realistic movie, and then you have some serious makeup, but, you know, I, I can't yeah, help it's not, but notice. It's not Jared Leto in House of Gucci. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> um, and it's just enough. The teeth are there but i don't think it's impacting the way he speaks if anything it might be enhancing it because it he might. does have like an affectation and he does have mannerisms and all right. this like a which yes. i think is probably him putting the teeth, teeth back right in the <laughs> yeah and he sucked those back into place yeah but he has a lot of those noises when when he's breathing and stuff like that and it kind of adds to it mm-hmm. the mustache is very he's working the mustache to its best extent well, Smee does it with the earwax. He gets the... That's true. But, like, he's able to twitch it and move it. Mm-hmm. Hair laid for days. <laughs> <laughs> Four days. I mean, it is a wig. It is. But still, who made that wig? Yeah. That's a good point. One of those pi- one of those drunkenly pirates, or Smee. It could have been Smee. I think it was Glenn Close. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of good cameos in the Pirates. We get Glenn Close. We get uh, David Crosby. I was gonna say, I'm like, is that? Yeah. We just got Glenn Close, though. It can't be. Well, I, technically, we got him first. He was the one like That's yelling true. in the front, like, Argh. right, right. Did you know that was Glenn Close going in, or you just saw her face in it? I uh, I knew it was her going in okay. because it okay. comes up on like, you know, BuzzFeed articles. You'll never guess exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And I always like to be like, I will guess, bitch. Yeah. Like, Glenn like, Close. But, Glenn Close. You think she survived the boo box? I hope so. Oh, how good is the boo Dude, box? She's, boo. She still doesn't have her Oscar. We need her to survive the boo box. Um, Classic. They, yeah. Aren't they just chatting boo? Boo. Yeah, basically, yeah. <gasps> boo. Put two boo. scorpions in and everyone just goes boo. Boo. <laughs> boo. See, that I'm all about. Yeah. yeah. The goofy pirate stuff. The goofy pirate stuff. Yeah. Um, I think some of the problem 
with the, you know, is this movie a fairy tale for adults or for kids? Some of it is, I guess I just don't, like, I don't know, pay attention to your kid. Like, what's the problem? Work? This is, like, a fixable, I don't know, and it, to me, it's not like a realistic vision of, like, alienation from a parent because of, like, neglect or absent-mindedness or unavailability, you know what I mean? In these movies, you always see, like, the kids, like, you didn't make it to my birthday, I'm sad. And, like, I don't, that's a trope that doesn't speak to me, because I was that kid at certain points, and it would just be, okay, (laughs) I guess I'll carry this pain in my heart forever. But never just, like, fuck you, dad, you never made it to my baseball game. I don't, like, so... I don't know. Some of that just I can't get it's, over. It's a trapping that plagues a lot of Spielberg movies. And a lot just of just like the family is in turmoil. The the, but it the works rocky in relationship. In some, yeah. it does. In some it works. ET it works. Yeah. ET like has a good sense of like you know what's the child feeling versus the adult. It does. Whereas it this does is so like much more, more like the anxiety of the so adult. Subtle, yeah. Well, it almost feels like this would have been a single dad, like a divorced dad storyline. More so than a seemingly together and happy-ish mm-hmm. couple. Like, clearly the mom's at the end of her rope. She has that speech at the at the house of just, like, shut the fuck up about your fucking deal. Like, I hated the deal. I'm sorry that you're sad about it. But, like, children are present in our lives. Focus some attention on Yeah, them. you're going to miss out on this shit. Yeah. yeah. And, like, he doesn't even seem to get it. And that's, I think, what makes it harder is that, like, if he had had this epiphany... In that moment of like... You mean an apostrophe? Yes, an apostrophe in that moment of like, Jesus Christ, you're right. Oh my God, I can't believe it. What a dumbass I am. And then his kids get kidnapped. It almost makes it more impactful as opposed to, would he have even noticed that the kids were missing if the glass wasn't broken and there wasn't a hook line up the, the wall? You True. know, like, I, 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 you almost need that moment of, oh, fuck. Like, I am going to miss time with my kids and eventually like... They're not going to want me around. They're going to want to live their own lives. I should do something about, oh, no, they're missing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so there's sort of, there's there's two problems that Peter's facing now that I'm thinking about it. There's one, there's the 90s cliche of, you know, absenteeism, you yeah. know, am I going to miss out? And number two, I have phobias. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. afraid of heights. That's his second, and arguably the bigger issue that faces him when he gets to Neverland. Yeah. Heights and flying. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. And he has no imagination. Nope. And I feel like we could have, like, one problem. One of those could also right. trim some fat down. Yeah, because I don't think any any part of the movie in terms of the, the greater plot, like the Neverland forward plot, hinges on the fact that he's an absentee-ish father. He's still just like, I need to get my kids back throughout the Neverland piece. Like, at no point is it not the, his whole focus and goal. So it's weird that we set up this whole thing about he's an absentee father. Like, you can make him a dick bag without making it also be an absentee father. Mm-hmm. Like, you can showcase that the magic is gone without making a new, like, a, yeah. a secondary problem. Yeah. I guess absentee father, more of, like, misplaced attention. Father, yeah. I guess, is the better way to put it. Because he's in the house. He's just 
drinking and yeah. on the cell phone making deals at all hours of the day. Mm-hmm. Which, like, sometimes it's like, come on, kids, you need to get over yourself a little bit. Dad's got to make that, that money because you can fly home to England and see your grandmother whenever, you know, you right. want to. Here, this is the other thing. I was raised in a house that if my mother was on the phone, you just be quiet. <laughs> I'm on the phone right now. Don't come in. Put a lampshade on her head. I'm just thinking about what that. What are you fucking doing? Yeah. Like, don't pretend vampire. I, this is on mom too. Yeah. This is also her fault. Yeah, like the, the more I'm gonna try to stop thinking about like the mechanics of like what's the. Honestly, I don't think arg- it just has arguably to be, it's not uh, like made the, for adults. It's made yeah, for- like just has to be. Will he be able to learn to fly? Mm-hmm. It's like let's find a problem that like every boy maybe is had before like dad not showing up at the baseball game yeah. and let's have that be related because that totally happened to me but i didn't come from like a broken family or anything that where it's like something was plagued where yeah he was a horrible father it's just oh i recognize that yeah, yeah. i know what that kid's feeling yeah but we also recognize it because it's in a million other movies correct also <laughs> that too mm-hmm. which is why it doesn't necessarily play as well as it probably should have but moving on from that, we're in Neverland now. We're in Neverland. Where all good things happen unless you're a kid being killed by pirates. Yeah. Uh, which Hook does say he kills a lot of Lost Boys and Indians, so he's just one-man murder. Are you story. happy we didn't get that element in the movie? Uh, that was a good choice to, to, <laughs> to not to avoid the yeah, Indians. Yeah, let's uh, leave all of that and Tiger Lily out. They which, do reference it. They reference it. Yeah, but thankfully there's no... Yeah, there's no... Racist archetypes or caricatures. Exactly. Or, like, a white, like, Rooney Mara playing Tiger Lily, Hmm. which is what has happened in recent adaptations, so... Yeah, at least it wasn't Julia Roberts doing them. She (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, get you. (sighs) Julia Roberts is Tinkerbell. Okay. Not sparkly enough. Yeah, we really just get, like, the orb of light around her midsection for most of it, and then it's just her and... The beginning, I think she's in, like, a burlap sack. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. yeah. And Robin Williams is just like, I mean, you're cute. I don't know you got what... great legs. <laughs> I want her to be wearing yeah. the outfit she wears at the start of Pretty Woman. Like, the black, like, that cutout right. dress. I'm like, that's what Tinkerbell should wear for me. <laughs> but, I don't know. She just doesn't have a lot of anything. She's just kind of annoying. Yeah, and I don't. I think the problem with her is, and again, you don't notice it as a kid because no, because I had a crush on her. When oh, I was yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. I totally. She Julia Roberts has never looked cuter. Yeah, but her and the mermaids. Oh, the mer- <laughs> we'll get to the mermaids. Um, but yeah, I think the problem with her is, is that she like they don't know again what they want her to be. Is she the super peppy, optimistic? We can do this, Peter. I'm going to turn you around. I'm going to get you in ship shape. Or is it the, oh my god, Peter, I love you, kiss me, please. I've always loved you, and I was really sad when you kissed that girl who was asleep. Kiss me, I'm right here, and I'm big now. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm big now. Yeah, and I'm big now. It's just, it's a weird dichotomy to see just the two kind of at odds, because in one moment she's like, yeah, Peter, like, remember, you can fly. And then it's, kiss me, in love with you. (laughs) Um, don't leave. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Julia's performance, too, is just not a good one. I do love... sad to say. I do love it when 
she's pretending to die at the beginning in the dollhouse mm-hmm. and she does the roll down the stairs and like she's peeking to make sure that like he's paying attention to her still and the clap and you know she's you know that whole bit i do enjoy but the rest of it kind of whatever and i wonder if some of it is you can almost tell she's not acting to a person mm. when it's those scenes where she's very very small and it's like she's trying to make a connection that just isn't Yeah, they there. provide some sort of eyeline with a pole and, like, a stick tennis and ball. a tennis ball or something, mm-hmm. like, look at this. And how many movies were doing things like that at that point? Like, how often are people yeah. doing that? It's not like today, where chances are somebody's been in a Marvel, DC, Star Wars, something that is, you know, guy with a fake You have to head perform on. to the tennis ball, yeah. yeah. And you can just, I think feel her hesitancy where Hoffman is fully committed she feels like she's timid yeah one is very seasoned one is very green to the Mm -hmm. whole I mean she's only done what a a handful of stuff at that point yeah yeah and now she's doing essentially a monologue about being in love with Peter Pan or in the midst of like a breakup yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so yeah it's tough I honestly would I I'm surprised that it was so heavy you like Dustin and not Julia, because I thought even the love of Julia would carry you through. No. As I was realizing that I kind of knew that I don't think she was going to like Julia Roberts in no. this one. Because she's she... very, like, it feels very community theater. Like, Peter, don't you remember who you are? It, and, like, I was like, oh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get out of here. Get you. <laughs> Shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Bridget's over here muttering, I don't believe in fairies. I don't believe in fairies. Yeah. I don't believe in fairies. We're going to get her. Um, <laughs> One of these times, her fairy wings are going to I do like her little shank that she has on oh, her. Oh, that is pretty cool. you got to be prepared to fight yeah. in Neverland, you know? She's the small... And it is kind of a messed up moment when like the little kid at the end's like, who do I protect that's smaller than me? And Peter is like, bugs, not Tinkerbell, your friend who is still <laughs> right, around. right. And hangs out with these guys on the regular. Yeah. You um, you already forgot her, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but even he was like, get out of here, Tinkerbell. Yeah. He can protect the bugs, not you. <laughs> she'll be okay. Yeah, she'll be fine. Her little house with her. No, her clock's broken. Because she, she got big. Oh. She said, I'm big now, and her clock broke. That's right. So she'll she have to find her little new. Amex vanity. Yeah. Her <laughs> Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah. She stole his wallet. <laughs> quarter of Peter family for a week so mermaids mermaids that's some fat we can trim I'm sorry that may have been a moment of awakening for that's for the little one or both you (laughs) yeah it's really it's three kisses and sit in this clamshell and go for a ride I liked the clamshell yeah yeah they could have just dragged him to the clamshell yeah and there didn't need to be the three little mini makeout sessions (laughs) yeah that was that was for the dads in the theater. This yeah. the dads. This one's for this the, the, one's for the, the dads. dads. <laughs> yeah, a lot of kissing of not Peter's wife. Yeah, do you think he's going to tell Moira about all the times he made out with fantastical women while on his adventure yeah. to save his children? And I could have, but I didn't bone your grandma. That's right. <laughs> I mean, we don't know what they did. We don't see all of the flashbacks. That's true. We don't know how many thimbles yeah. were exchanged. Guy's been getting around for like 120 years. Too. Yeah, breaking hearts. Yeah, breaking hearts. Yeah, for a century. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
So, clam- so where yeah. were we? Clamshell. Like clamshell clam elevator up clam to... Clamshell elevator. Up to the Lost Boys. Up to Redwoods Island so retreat. fantastical. Yeah, so let's talk about the Lost Boys a little bit. We get their super rad clubhouse. Tree fort. Tree sk- fort. Uh, skate park, basketball court, windsurfing, roller coaster, imaginary food. What'd you think of the, the Lost Boys and Rufio and the, that whole section of the film? I loved all of that. Okay. From the clamshell elevator up, you know, you just want to go there. I just want to be there. Mm. As same as when we first see Neverland in the pirate zone, you yeah. know. I just want to be there. I want to ride the roller coaster. I want to go to the skate park. I want to climb up and down. I, just all of it. Yeah. I want to have a food fight. I want to pick which little house I want to sleep in. Do mm. I want to sleep in the one that's like a little tent? Do I want to get a duplex with my brother? What are we doing? Let's check it out. Let's go tour some of these. Which yeah. is going to be the one? Yeah. Who's the realtor in Neverland? Like, <laughs> just yeah, one. which one? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I think the, the one with the suit. It's the Italian yeah, kid yeah. with the suit. Totally. I already realized it. Hey, you want me to get you here in a three-bedroom little loft? They're looking right over the water. You can see the virus shit from your bedroom. Come on. What are you <laughs> That's the final offer. Yeah. Yeah, it's Italian kid with a suit. Uh, it's mind. a living. Yeah. It's a living. <laughs> gotta make, you gotta afford frosting pies somehow, you know? A frosting pies. I was hoping, I was like, the food's gonna look really good. And then when we panned over to the frosting pie, I was like, we can imagine better. Yeah. Well, I Let's mean, work on this. There's hams and turkeys and turkey legs and uh, yams, I think somebody says. But there is a lot of frosting. There's a lot of frosting. But to be fair... It makes for a good fight. Well, and you're a nine-year-old kid. What do you want for every meal? Probably frosting. Cereal. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah it's, it's, it's the colors, too. It's like crayons, so markers, fun. whatever. You're just used to seeing vibrant shit all over the place, and all that stuff is just... There's a lot of good color slime work in this movie. Mm, yeah. I always love that, because the Neverland is so dirty, and like mm-hmm. pirate dirty, which makes sense. That's the aesthetic you want. Yeah, it's like brown, red, yellows, yep. whites, whatever. Uh, and just grimy. And all the, the pirates have dirt on their face. But then you get the... And even the Lost Boys are dirty, too, because they're mm-hmm. kids. But then you get, like, the the arrows full of goop. You get the paint cannon full of goop. The frosting fight. All of that stuff. The goop pond. Love. What? The goop pond that they <laughs> yeah. launch them into. Yeah. What are the things that they write down? As their happy thoughts to get him. Uh, one one is happy thoughts, happy but spelled like thaw. Like it's it's tink, happy thoughts, but T H T H W T S. Yeah. Then there is horses. Horses, but H O R S E Y S. Then there's candy, but it's spelled with a K and no Y, so it's K N D E. And then there was oh, there's another good one, and I can't think of what it was. It's funny that it's all like shit, like a four year old would want. It's yeah. like yeah. bright scotch, <laughs> stacks of cat. Like, yeah, think about the things this adult man wants. Correct. Like land deals. Yeah, land deals. <laughs> Merger. I want to see a kid little writing right. saying mergers and acquisitions. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to see. Show me that. There's bugs. Oh, yeah, bugs. bugs with a Z There's or something. Yeah. Gum. Oh, gum. Gum, and then my favorite, B E R F D A Y. Birthday. For birthday. Yeah. That's right. We did have a good laugh at birthday. I was like, I know there's another good one. 
We laugh uh, really hard at that, but yeah, birthday. Cause Remember your birthday. That's happy. It is. Especially when you're a lost boy. Yeah. Age. Love my birthday. Where, like, time has no meaning. Like, yeah. just, oh, remember birthdays? We don't have them anymore because <laughs> there are no years here. <laughs> it's just the place literally looks like a birthday play escape at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. It's the greatest game. Yeah, it's, every, yeah. it's fun zone. I have great news. It's the Rainforest Cafe. It yeah. is your birthday. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Kids don't get frosting pie every day of yeah. the week, okay? Mm-hmm. It's only on birthdays. Any lost boys? Uh, do it for you. Out for me. Um, I like the little ones because they're cute. I like the little birthday. one that sticks up for them when they do do the initial. Oh yeah, yeah. Line in the face. And, face. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to find that magic little boy that he knew from. Oh yeah, he's keep pushing his face in. Mm-hmm. That's what my cat does to me in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to see what I you see still you, look Johnny. Like. Yeah. Is you. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> you left us for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. To your cat, you've been gone yeah, for thirty for eight years, hours so. of sleep, bud. <laughs> yeah, I like the bowling ball kid. That What's his name? Like... Chud? No, not Chud. Thud. <laughs> thud. Thud. Yeah, it's Thud. Oh, his name is Thud. Yeah, yeah. Thud. Yeah, there's one named Pockets. There's one named Don't Ask. Uh, <laughs> Wait. Yeah. yeah, let's get a list of all of their names. Um, just looking at the IMDb, we've got, yeah, Pockets, Ace, Thudbutt, Don't Ask, Too Small, Latch Boy, No Nap, and then it's Lost Boy, Lost Boy, Additional Lost Boy, Additional Lost Boy, Additional Lost Boy. So, No Nap all... is so sick. <laughs> is what a so... name. What a stand to take. Yeah. <laughs> as an adult i would love a nap yeah but as a kid kid fuck out of here yeah no, no nap. naps the little italian boy don't ask <laughs> which is crazy oh is he yeah that's don't ask Perfect. yeah we're listing with don't ask yeah, yeah. yeah. we have questions what, what, whether what? you can afford this space don't ask yeah <laughs> Printed on the bus bench. Yeah, what's the seller asking? Don't ask. How'd the inspection go? Don't Don't ask. ask. Are you worried about financing? Don't ask. (laughs) Think you can't put money down on this beautiful loft? Don't ask. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) We've lost Bridget. But I do love how Thud gets the most screen time because he's, I don't know, like that one scene with the marbles is fantastic. Oh, because he misses Toodles. Yeah, I love that scene. Oh, yeah. Which you were. He you lost them good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he lost the marbles good. Which is hilarious because, like, Thud doesn't understand the real world implication of everyone thinks Toodles is a fucking nut now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and lost his marble. It's just good stuff laughing at he doesn't know that man's pain in the real world he's like he, did, he lost it what an right idiot. yeah what'd you think of rufio and his clearly peter pan complex fine uh, okay so i may be saying something i have a feeling that this character is an internet fan favorite a general fan favorite i feel like we could cut rufio that is some fat that we could cut just lost some viewers. We don't need a third antagonist, hmm. realistically, because I think the first is 
Peter versus himself. There's Peter versus Hook. Now you have Peter versus Rufio. Yeah. I mean, I guess they come around, and you know, you have Rufio die at the end, which I did know that Rufio died. Oh, okay. Was gonna get killed. I was trying to side eye in that moment just to see how you would react because I wasn't sure how you felt about Rufio and whether or not you believed that this movie would kill a child. I, I both believed and I knew. Okay. They do move on pretty quickly, though. They, yeah, pretty much. They pretty much yeah. just... Well, because Peter doesn't have any real connection to him. He met him three days ago. He's more yeah. just like, oh, dead kid, I'm going to get you, Hook. Give me my kids back. Yeah, give me my kids. Would you, would you rather have had the Lost Boys be leaderless when we see them, when we meet them? I think so. And just, just kind of kind lost of, since Peter was gone kind of thing? Lost and just kind of doing their thing. A little anarchic, you know, maybe, what's his name, is in charge? Thudbutt? Thudbutt. Maybe Thudbutt is kind of like keeping yeah. things going, but like I don't need the radical Mohawk kid to like come in and do an ollie mm. just to die at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's on the one hand, I do kind of like the fact that he's got an adversary in the Lost Boys that he needs to win over in order to get their help to save his kids. Because if they were leaderless and he came in, probably they'd just be like, oh, holy shit, Peter's back. Like, of course we'll help you, Peter. Like, we need some little bit of that, like, button pusher to kind of get him over the edge. Especially, I think it works really well right before the food fight when they're having kind of like the yo mama off a little bit. Oh, yeah. But that's really, that could have just been a guy who was in the background going, I don't think he's paying, whatever. Like, you don't necessarily need him to be as antagonistic as he ends up being. It could really just be like, you know what, I've had enough of this. Dude can't even see the spread in front of us. He's a mucus muncher or whatever. Yeah. Right. And then that kicks off the mm-hmm. the Yo Mama fight. Yeah. Or it's a joint, like, with all of the boys. Right. Yeah. You know. And not saying Rufio can't be there. To no. add to flavor. Yeah. But realistically, if you compare Rufio to Don't Ask, yeah. I'm picking Don't Ask. I'm picking Thudbutt. Yeah. I'm picking Too Small. Yeah. Rufio does seem to be a little old to be like an orphan or in that age group, I think. It's a little bizarre. Yeah. Well, you got to remember Peter left when he was 13, but he also grew up from a baby, so I don't really know how the... I don't know, like, how that works. Like, every time he leaves, comes work. to England, he just, like, ages, like, Maybe that's a bunch that goes back and... But, yeah, so, I mean, Rufio is probably, I don't know, 16 in that instance, but you could, that's Hollywood. You could say he's playing 13 sure. or whatever, uh, and that's fine. Because even old Peter, who's supposed to be 13, looks about the same age as Rufio. Yeah, because Rufio's not shopping in the boy section of Marshalls. He's not young men. Yeah. <laughs> I do like how all the Lost Boys, though, seemingly have attire based on whenever they were lost. Like, some of them look like they've been there a really long time and wearing pirate's gear. And Don't Ask is wearing a suit from the 30s. And then we've got the people wearing the leftover young Indiana Jones camp mm. you know, Boy oh, Scout right, outfits yeah. and stuff. So it seems like people kind of got lost at different times when they made it to Neverland. And therefore their clothing reflects the time period. So I think that's a nice little touch. But I don't know where the fuck Rufio's from. <laughs> like what time period that is. Maybe the 80s. Maybe he got lost in the 80s as an 11-year-old and yeah. took, took power. Rollerbladed into Neverland by accident. Yeah, he's already a good skateboarder, so. Yeah, so Rufio, like the frosting pie, nice for everyone else, not for me personally. Okay. Along the kid theme, what'd you think of, of Peter's kids? How were they in terms of <laughs> level of annoyance, level of interest, plot driving forces? What'd you think? 
Leave him on the pirate boat. <laughs> <laughs> Leave him with Hook. Um, at a certain point, you almost forget that he has a daughter. Yeah. Um, she doesn't get a lot to do because... Because he makes it to her play. Yeah, they don't have the same kind of... Yeah, that's true. Like, she's clearly a a mama's girl and kind of a daddy's girl, whereas Jack is just kind of like, everybody fucking hates me. Yeah. I'm 11 and sucks. (laughs) Yeah. So, but she's... The daughter's fine. She has some cute lines. I like her lines more than Jack's. She... I do find her to be cuter. Maybe part of why I'm mad is because... I'd rather see more of her and mm-hmm. less of Jack. Her flipping out when she gets the F, which is like, she's six. Does she even know what Fs are? Like, are they giving Fs at that that age range? But she's yeah. just like, an F? An F? Are you serious? <laughs> I know. Just like, how could you do this to me? Yeah. What are you telling me? Like, girl, you can't get, you don't know this person. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't real school. <laughs> I almost wish... That the kids didn't show up in Neverland. Mm. You know, some of the adventure of Hook is just, he has to go back to help the Lost Boys. And then, so part of it is, I have to remember how to be a boy, how to be Peter Pan. Yeah. And then I have to make the decision, I have to remember that I have grown up responsibilities and I do have to go back. Yeah. That, I think, would be a more satisfying arc emotionally. For the adult. So, I mean, like, having them there, I'm like, but they're not really in danger. I don't know. Like, you never yeah. feel like they're, there's any threat besides maybe Jack forgetting who his dad is. Yeah. And at the beginning, when they're in the net, and they're clearly very scared, and you think that they're going to be thrown overboard or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's the most peril they're in. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's the girl in a dungeon somewhere. Like, she's off with a bunch of other little children who are clearly being held prisoner. Uh, in a tower on the boat. Right. And then it, Jack gets to play baseball and smash clocks and, like, hang out and wear pirate get-ups. Jack's out of the time of his life. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think you necessarily need to show them. I don't mind having them there if they're just there as, like, if you fridge the kids and <laughs> put yeah. them in put them in the captain's quarters or whatever. Yeah. You don't need Dustin Hoffman to convince them that parents hate them or whatever. Though I did like the line of, like, they read you stories to put you to sleep so they can get five fucking minutes away from your screaming and your nagging and your where's my toy and I want my dolly and he hit me and she pushed me and all that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, that that's what's there for the adults. You can tell, that. like, that was the moment that the like, dad sat up and he's like, well, this movie's getting pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Speak truth, Mr. Hoffman. Yeah. Speak yeah. truth. Well, I mean, to your point, I mean, get rid of the kids. It turns more to an adult-oriented story. Yeah. Like, yeah. that becomes, like... Mm-hmm. The thing that brings you through it, but for a kid, it's like you need those two kids. I mean, do you come though? along? The, the... Uh, do you realistically? Because you spend most of the time with Robin Williams. Well, because he's a fucking asshole for like the entire movie. It's like as even in the beginning, it's like yeah, yeah. Because you need... already have the Lost Boys yeah. too. But do you care about the emotional journey of Robin Williams' adult man if he's not there to save your proxy in the movie? Like, yeah, you have the kids and, and the Lost Boys to kind of think oh that's cool i want to skateboard i want to have a food fight but do you care about his emotional growth and is that important at all to the children 10 and under if he's not like no you gotta save your kids because i would want my dad to save me kind of thing well because i think it's you have you go to help the lost boys or whoever in neverland yeah and that's great because you want to see 
you're sick. Catch up with some old pals. Catch up with some old pals. You want to have a food fight. You want to see the funky house. But then, too, you want, you ultimately, you want him to come back to you. Yeah, that's true. I think it would take a lot more legwork to get you to care about him saving the Lost Boys. Whereas a kid would understand saving your own children. Whereas the Lost Boys, like, you don't necessarily know. Dude, I'm like, already in love with the Lost Boys. I don't think it's very hard. Yeah, but you don't know their history. It's just like, oh, why is he here? Why does he care? Because they're like, cool. Did you see their house? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> they do have a sweet house. They got a sweet house. Yeah. They don't really need saving, though. Look at that awesome house. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> so sick. <laughs> um, so after we get all of this, we get a big montage. We get the learn to fly moment. We get the flashback, which we've already talked about. Then we get the war to end all wars. The war of the century. Children versus adults. Pirates versus lost boys. Hook versus Pan. What'd you think of the war? It happened. Do you think you were kind of tired by that point? Because it came <laughs> I, I'll be an hour forty-five in. I was tired at that point. Yeah, felt like we kept hitting the same. There's definitely a lot happening, and it's fun to revisit the playground of like, what if we jumped off this bridge? What if we <laughs> swung on this rope? What if we went over here and have all these kind of swashbuckling elements? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so. What next? It was more of a, if I saw this a half an hour ago, I'd be more into it kind of thing. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. And then you get to certain points, like, I think there are three moments where Peter's like, I'm taking my kids and I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, we're fighting again. Yeah, because it's, I'm taking my kids and I'm leaving. All right, well, I'll just kill your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids forever mm-hmm. until I get you. And it's like, all right, now I'm... I'm going to fight you. Okay, I'm leaving now because I've got you beat. It's like, no, no, ha I've got a secret sword up my sleeve. We're going to do some more fighting. And I think there was one other time before that, too. So, yeah, that does that does kind of track. Maybe do one less. I'm taking my kids and I'm going home. Yeah. I do like their sword fight, though. The hook pan, specifically. It's good, yeah. Choreography is good. Mm-hmm. Especially as they move through the world of... Yes. You know, because, yeah. like... I remember the ending set piece of the of the crocodile or the gator. Or right. I didn't remember how we got from the ship to there and like watching them fight through the corridors. I was like, oh, this is this is cool. This is a really good yeah. sword fight choreography. I did laugh because it was the first time I noticed when he goes to slash him on his forearm when he goes to like help him again. Oh yes. And I look at the forearm and I'm like, they neared the shit out of those forearms because if oh, you ever yeah. see, oh Biden, my god, yeah, he looks like a gorilla. I did. I did have that thought when it was like. They tried like, to when they him. were casting this, they went, who's sort of the most boyish man we can think of? How about that gorilla Robin Williams? Yeah, yeah, that's it. yeah that gorilla. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they just shaved him for the whole movie. No, like... probably, yeah. Even, like, because he has, like, more, essentially a V-neck with the Peter Pan getup. Yeah. He'd have, like, well, a... shirtless in the movie. He'd have a hedge coming out of the fucking top of that thing. They definitely either CGI'd off his chest hair. Cause oh, because he is at one point. He's shirtless when they draw the smiley face on him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Put him in the the man lantern yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Different kind of man lantern Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they definitely did some some trimming. I, mean, some I, I, I just laughed. Yeah, that was... That's our costume corner for today. <laughs> um, yeah. It is exhausting at that point. Yeah. Because I think all the big emotional beats have happened already, and you're like, at least for me, I'll, whatever, I don't know. Yeah. We didn't go into no. it too much, but some of the bigger things, like uh, 
like the coconut is like a huge moment I think in the movie. Mm. movie. When he slices the coconut. Yeah, I love that moment. They build it up so perfectly. We even touched on it. John Williams, I think, really is a strong part of this fucking movie. And because of the show, he can really take a fairly flawed movie and yeah, he make it very magical and whimsical. Yeah. A lot of work, especially near the end. There's just a lot of score pumping, I think, to fill in some of the gaps. Right. Mm-hmm. I like the differences in the score, too, because you get... Just really good John Williams score. You get the intensity, but then you also get that fun, jaunty pirate kind of theme. Yeah, we're just like, boom, 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 yeah. boom. <laughs> oh, guess me walking through the oh, yeah, the old pearl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every time there's like a piratey tune, it's just like, oh, shit. Like, he can do a different style. Because we talked about every time we do one of the, a score, a score by John Williams, it's like, I can hear Jurassic Park, I can hear Star Wars, I can hear Jaws, I can hear these motifs. And then you hear the pirate thing and you're like, that's a wholly new experience for me. When yeah, it comes he's having a lot of fun right there. Yeah, so that's, I think, really cool too, is that it, it goes outside the box of what we're accustomed to with his work, uh, which is particularly, and it fits the theme of the movie particularly right. well. It makes me want to watch a pirate movie. <laughs> yeah, sidebar, they need, like, they need to make pirate movies like good pirate movies not Pirates of the Caribbean like I'm talking like a dead ass pirate movie but uh, the first one's good the first one has I, I, I want to revisit them but I've had this conversation with someone else where like we need, some, we need some better pirate movies yeah. never seen the first one I've never seen any of the pirates movies oh we can, okay. okay we can revisit the first one okay I, I would at least want you to revisit the first one yeah, it's, yeah I, there's there's some, there's stuff, some there. stuff there there's some yeah. stuff there but I think it just inherently and disproved with Waterworld, and we'll get that because I know you guys haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That shooting on water is insanely expensive, and mm-hmm. Hollywood never wants to touch it. Yeah. yeah. That's why you never see, like, big, successful pirate movies outside of Disney, which is, like, shot mostly on a soundstage. Yeah. Well, nowadays with the, like, the projection, like they do with, like, Mandalorian. Like That's really do, cool. Yeah. They you can, can do, do a lot of, a lot shit of now, stuff yeah. now where you could just get you know, a big giant animatronic boat with those screens behind you and you're going to lose yourself in the ocean. But like here, they just build two massive sets Mm -hmm. and they're like, all right, we need to like make a two hour movie in these two sets. Yeah. 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 But thankfully they never had to like be on the open seas. It was literally just. No, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the budget was 70 million, I believe. Which honestly seems low. And it goes on to gross three hundred million. Yep, got it. Yeah, so very successful. Yeah. Ultimately, Hook is done in by the crocodile with the clock that took his hand, falling on top of him because he got stabbed and weird smoke came out. What'd you think about the ending? I mean, he had to go. Mm-hmm. Glad it was the crocodile. It is weird because I think they only verbalized that once about the crocodile. I think you see, obviously, the crocodile early on in the beginning, that opening shower, he opens the bed sheet. Mm-hmm. But there's never, like, a big, like, pointing out to that window, like, that motherfucker, like, took my fucking arm. Yeah. And now he's fucking hung up like a, a trophy out there. Yeah. You there's get... not, like, a big, like, because when you get to that scene, it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. He lost his hand from a crocodile, and, mm-hmm. oh, this is probably going to be a big moment right here. Yeah. You get it. I think it gets mentioned during the whole clock smashing scenario where he's having clearly the nightmare about the time he lost it. And then I think Peter makes a passing comment or something when he's got all his memories back of like, you know, I'm going to beat you like that crocodile took your hand or something, you know, something to that effect. Like it's, it's two quick passing mentions. Yeah. yeah. It'd be nice if they emphasize 
that physically mm-hmm. what they did in, on that set as that being the crocodile because yeah. by all means that's just like a statue erected because a pirate killed a crocodile correct once, yeah opposed to that being the actual one yeah and so, it would have been great to see Hoffman give that kind of scenery chewing oh yeah yeah yelling fit of that's the motherfucker that took my right 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 yeah no that would have been sweet have that instead of Rufio <laughs> right I just thought of a crocodile with some fucking mohawk hair. <laughs> skateboarding? Skateboarding, yeah. yeah. Good times. I'm sure it was an action figure that I had as a kid. Mm-hmm. We had the shark. What was those muscular sharks or whatever? Street, Street sharks? Street sharks, yeah. yeah. So yeah, after, after Hook is dispatched, we get a new leader in Thudbutt, which is, I, I think it was always a sweet moment because he doesn't expect it. Uh, I do feel bad for some of the other kids who looked really, really happy that it was going to be them, only to have their hopes dashed right in front of their face. It's like, oh, yeah. not quick enough. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> There's going to be a mutiny. You almost had it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we go back to England, jolly old England. What do you think of the, the wrapping up of this story? I will say we get back to England. We've said goodbye to the Lost Boys. We don't say goodbye to Tinkerbell. So we have to have another goodbye at the statue statue of Tinkerbell. Uh, <laughs> like a, I know it's like the Pied Piper or whatever, but it's wearing the same kind of like Tinkerbell yeah, dress. Yeah, also thing. a little Peter Panish too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was like, is this Return of the King? How many endings does this movie? <laughs> it does have quite a bit. Yeah. It's got a few. I do think she has a really good line though, like that sequence where she talks about like I'm gonna live between. You know that moment yeah. when you're, like, you're uh, awake and asleep, like that's where I'm always going to lie. Like, I like that scene as a well-written like, piece yeah. of dialogue. By that point, it's like being delivered by someone you just want to poke with a toothpick that goes right through her. Oh, what? Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I personally like that little that little thing she tells him. But. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still, it's still cute that even though she's been rejected again by the love of her life, Peter Pan, that she's still like, you're... You're my everything. Like we, so many adventures. Correct, yeah. Like I'm it's, never going to not. It's love fairly you. earned at that point, yeah. but it's. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Smee. Mm-hmm. Little street sweeper Smee. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because it's like, did he? Is that Smee? Is that just a guy? Is this? What is this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, was that in the movie, the animated movie, where they had another character from Neverland be like a real world character in England? In awesome. a lot of I'm trying to remember because that's, like that's like a Disney-like trademark, I think, of like dreams. In a lot of the stage productions, because it becomes well-known as a story by J.M. Barry, but it's adapted for the stage, and that's where it really takes off. In a lot of productions, the Mr. Darling, the father, at the beginning also would play Captain Hook. Correct. Yes. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. There's another Disney movie that does that as well, though. When I don't think that's what I mean, like it's it's a trademark where they takes like things that are fantastical or in in a character's dreams and put those same characters outside because it hammers on the fact that it probably was a dream and you were just thinking of this person. Mm -hmm. You guys think of the Wizard of Oz? Oh, I mean that's a classic example right there. That's a huge example. And you were there. And you you were were there. there? You weren't there though. I wasn't thinking of you. Like you. (laughs) Oh, it's Jumanji. I just remembered it. The guy who plays his dad is the hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. I just got it. It's a BuzzFeed thing of, did you know the dad from Jumanji is also the guy who plays the hunter? Because that's his nemesis in Jumanji and the real world. Get it? 
God, that's going to drive me insane. <laughs> yeah, I bet, yeah. You wouldn't be sleeping at all. No. Um, Three o'clock in the morning. Jumanji! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wide open last night. No, I'll just text you guys at 11 o'clock like I did when I remembered the Christopher Maloney show, Happy, that had the baby in the microwave when we talked <laughs> about oh, God, babies yes, in a microwave. We got babies in rain this time. Yeah, exactly. Bad. <laughs> we also have... Because we had to watch it. Two, yeah. Two weeks. <laughs> we had to watch it, really. Two weeks in a row, though, where we got uh, guys with fake one fake hand because we had the bad guy in uh you're right so wow. no we, we're so good with the themes we don't even know we, yeah but yeah i always like coming back around to the ending i do always like the mom finding out that the kids are there and like she, she sees them in the bed and just thinks it's her imagination because she's distraught because her kids have seemingly been gone for three days yeah uh we don't know how much time has passed in the real world maybe it's only one night because Maggie Smith's uh, grandma, uh, Wendy, says, like, oh, have you been up all night? So it maybe was just the one night, but it could be as much as three days. Yeah, and I think they're alluding to the fact that he just got fucking hammered and, like, fell out the house or whatever. Yeah. And, like, just slept outside near the doghouse. Yeah. Um, but I always do love her reaction of thinking that it's not real. And then Wendy seeing them and being like, oh, fuck, it is real. And then them screaming, Mom, and, like, jumping in her arms. She's bawling. Like, I always love that scene. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Moira doesn't get a lot in this movie, but her two biggest scenes are yelling at Peter to wake the fuck up, which is a great little scene for her. And then her crying and bawling her eyes out at her. The return of her children are always just great yeah. scenes to me. So props to her for maximizing the little bit of screen time that she does get. Right. And then, yes, we get... We get the return of the marbles at the end, which you sat up and you were like, if he doesn't get his fucking marbles back. <laughs> I was really, it would have turned this whole thing around. Oh yeah, if that hadn't happened, you, there's no way you would have had any I wouldn't have shitting on this for movie the second the last half. Hour. Yeah. You'd have to be like, we're so sorry, Bridget could not join us. She's extremely upset. She's lost her marbles. Oh, yeah. she, now she has lost her marbles. But yeah, I think that's a sweet ending. Oh, actually, there's a shot. I was thinking about him floating away, like, across, like, by Big Ben. Mm -hmm. There's a shot when Tinkerbell goes to get Peter for the first time, and she's flying past Big Ben, and, like, there's a couple making out on a bridge, and they get hit with the fairy dust, and they float, and I was like, that's cute. Yeah. I was, oh, this is cute. I just wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah. There were things in this movie that I liked. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you've expressed that. Okay. Yeah. All right. This wasn't nearly as down as it could have been when you were like, I missed the boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the boat, but I did make it on the pirate ship for a bit. Yeah. We'll put it that way. So anything else that you guys particularly enjoy, didn't enjoy? Any other final thoughts, Johnny? I mean, I'm always going to love this movie. I mean, I notice flaws over the years and yeah. even some in this conversation but um yeah i don't know it's just it's not it's just a heartwarming movie i don't know yeah. yeah it makes me feel good and like like i said those big moments are like classic spielberg moments where it's like it's everything just is firing on the coconut scene the stuff in the when he goes into that tree and he's mm-hmm. like thinking about all this shit and grabs the teddy bear and all that stuff like mm-hmm. all that stuff is in some respects, may feel feel forced, but it's just really good filmmaking and doing its job because it's making you feel something. But yeah, I mean, the sets are crazy and big, and as an adult, it's like that looks 
like a set. As a kid, it's just like holy that's shit, that's like so the cool. Greatest never place ever. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Still makes me feel warm, even at my age. And uh, I don't know. And and Daniel said Robin Williams is not particularly funny in it. No. He has a couple of lines that hit, but and they certainly try to write a lot of his style of shit into it. Yeah. But yeah, for the most part, it's it takes cute. a long time for him to sort of progress. His arc is not really an arc. It's really like a point. Yeah. And he starts sliding down the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Or flying up it, however you want to look yeah. at it. My favorite line this time that I got it that like I got a good kick out of, which I didn't really remember, was when they're like, act like a pirate and say like R and he goes, R and the guy's like, R, are you? And he's like, I'm doing good, how are you? Yeah, yeah. I love that. All the all the exchanges are great. Immediately yeah. falls into like regular person talking. Yeah. He's like, I'm fine. Arr. It's good. And some of the fish out of water stuff that you've seen in the past in other movies where it's like they're having exchanges from two different time periods or mm-hmm. He's taking out his checkbook or like all this other stuff. It's, oh, yeah. It's fun, but I'm glad they sort of drop it fairly quickly. Yeah. And it doesn't become that whole movie. Some movies just use it as yeah. a crux. And it's bad, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, some of the lines too, like some of what uh, Captain Hook's saying, you know, goodbye, me, Just like, good, <laughs> good goodbye. It's just like, just the delivery of just a couple of, like, you know, syllables are great. Yeah. Um, so, Bridget, ultimately, do you do you feel the same as you did when we started this post-show? Uh, do you feel a little better? Do you feel a little worse? Is this something that you're going to have to sit on, or do you kind of have a, I, a I, hard-line feel about it? I feel about the same Okay. as I did coming in. Do, do you wish you had the memory of growing up with this movie, or are you kind of like, I'm fine without having... Uh, yeah, it's kind I'm of kind a of weird like, question to pose, yeah. but like... Do you I, think little kid Bridget would have liked it? I I don't know. Okay, I think it's hard for me to say. There's things I know, because big kid Bridget Yeah, like some it. of it. Yeah. Like the Swiss Family Robinson elements. Because it does lean, and again, we can talk about more into the type of material you watch as a young girl, yeah. but this is leans maybe more in the market of young boys than it does yeah, the young little boy girls. Movie. Yeah. I liked a lot of boy shit. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. So like, I, don't, I didn't want to speak, you know, yeah. but... I, yeah, I just... I don't know. That I would have to think about. Okay. Sort of call young Bridget up. Be like, how would we feel about this? <laughs> I, and, you know, I probably would like it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And not feel, not feel the length as much, I think. That's what is most mm-hmm. challenging to me right now. Yeah, I mean, even when it was suggested... Because now I'm a grown lady. And it's yeah. a school night. <laughs> yeah, when it was suggested earlier that we start a little bit earlier because it was long, I looked at it and I was like, oh, holy shit, I thought this was yeah. hour 45, two hours tops. I mean, even as a kid, I remember that beginning part being like a little long or I even, you know, admittedly would have fast forward through a chunk of the beginning of it to sort of get to Neverland. Or it wouldn't have even been on the tape because you're very... Oh, <laughs> yeah. Through <laughs> 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 your parents room, yeah. yeah. You probably just start at the cell phone getting buried by the dog. Right, yeah, yeah, to perfect, the perfect. <laughs> and the same shit we were talking about, like the Superman opening credits. Like as a kid, I'm like, it's kind of long. <laughs> but how was it for you? Oh yeah, I mean it was good. It's yeah. never, it's not a perfect movie, and as we've illustrated, very few things are, especially ones geared towards children. I definitely felt the length more than I think I ever have in any other. But that's also because I was, we were like, for this, we're intently paying attention. Whereas, I feel like every other time I've watched this since childhood, 
I can zone out a little bit. I can, you know, come in and out and paying attention to the stuff that I really enjoy and then kind of like maybe looking at my phone or, you yeah, know, yeah. reading a book or whatever. I can imagine that. building a killer Lego house watching yes. this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, For this is itself. a great thing to do in the background while you're doing something else. Like, I, I classify it almost as a Christmas movie. Even though it starts off it's, in Christmas, it feels kind of like a, a Christmas movie. Yeah. It has yeah. that John Williams, Home Alone, little motif thing mm-hmm. going on in it. But yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, all right, then. That will do it for this week's episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine, I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pod. So let us know what you think of the movie Hook. What are some of your favorite Peter Pan movies? Oh, your favorite Spielberg movies, as we constantly ask every time we do a Spielberg movie. Uh, what did you think of Dustin Hoffman in this? Uh, was he too over the top? Was he just right? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pod. Once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm No Naps. And I'm trying. <laughs> and thanks so much for listening.